Happy Friday night, everyone. It's Game Face, episode 17, right here on Sifted, and I have a very, very special guest with me tonight. The one, the only, the incomparable Ryan Stevens. Welcome to Game Face, Ryan. You've actually been on the show before. You came in via via satellite one time. Yes, yes, via the interwebs, <laughs> the series of tubes. This is your first time in the studio with us, though. What do you think, bro? It's pretty cool. I yeah. like your blue light. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good one. As you guys probably know, Ryan worked with me at GT for seven years, I think it was. We yeah. worked together, and uh, we were the head of the editorial team there. Ryan knows his shit, without a doubt. Maybe a little rusty now, but we'll <laughs> see, we'll see. Yeah, Ryan, getting back in the saddle. It's been a little while since you've done a show. When was? Did you do anything after the last time you did Game Face? No, I, I can't get my chronological chronological order correct. I think I did the game trailers... GT time. Oh, you did right GT Live, that. didn't you? Or yeah, but GT I think time. I did that the day before. So, right, right, yeah. right. So that was, uh, what, like three or four months ago, I'm yeah. guessing. And also some top secret stuff you did at E3 that you won't even tell me about. I'm pretty sure I'm not allowed to talk about it for all time. Wow. Yeah. That's a crazy NDA, brother. It is. <laughs> Throughout the multiverse. Yeah. Not even, I can't even tell Sailor Moon. So Ryan and I reunited tonight for Game Face. Right now, we have Comic-Con going on, but based upon the news coming out of Comic-Con, you would never know that one of the biggest conventions of the year is going on. Well, I mean, there is that photo of the Ghostbusters, but I yeah. mean, <laughs> I mean game-wise... Uh, comic- Even movie-wise and TV show-wise, there wasn't a ton. Like, I think there's a trailer for the new Walking Dead spinoff show. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen too, too much uh, going on. I mean, game-wise, we always know it's a little, it's a little yeah. light. I mean, it's not a huge game it's show. A, it's a month after E3, and with E3 being later this year, and with Comic-Con being earlier, it's even yeah. more compressed. Street Fighter... Five, they showed Ken. Have you seen that? That's a given. I mean, the biggest news I saw was some guy took a photo of the Dark Souls 3 banner. Yeah. And it said, coming spring 2016, when they originally said, you know, they originally said uh, early 2016. So is this, is this a delay? <laughs> also, it said there's going to be crude language and drug use. So I'm, I'm yeah. really curious for this more mature yeah. Dark that- Souls experience. <laughs> If you guys don't remember, Ryan is one of the world's biggest Dark Souls fans. He's been trying to convert me over to that franchise for forever. I'm assuming you love Bloodborne. Uh, it's probably my least favorite out of the, really? the three games. Because um, it's too easy? Or four games. Uh, no, it's just um, it's, it seemed a little labyrinthine in a way that I... It's, it's complicated but not intricate, if that yeah. makes sense. No, it does in, make in sense. Some, in yeah. some of the ways, and it had a little less to it. it was, I liked how detailed the weapons were and everything, but... Uh, it was fun when you actually picked up weapons and learned more about the world. Um, now that I've kind of ruminated on all the games, I think I have to go back to the original Demon Souls being my favorite. Even though it doesn't have the interconnected world, which everyone points to Dark Souls 1 as kind of the, the leader. Um, just that Do kind you of think it's experience. you giving weight to it because it was the first? Oh, totally. Yeah. But I mean, just owning it like not objectively at all. Completely, because actually, if you go and play that game, it's... Completely <laughs> subjectively. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I mean, I popped them all in recently just to kind of do the feel test. And they actually feel all of a little bit different. So oh, yeah, was, for sure, yeah. Was, uh, but it doesn't seem that way in your head all the time, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I think that one just has the best moments. I'm, like, I'm much more of, a, like, a moment person than, like, a, a repeated mechanics sort of thing. It's how the mechanics work into scenarios that I, I like the most in games. Yeah, and that's probably why you enjoy the Souls franchise so much. I, so, like, I like dying. <laughs> if you're going to play that game, you better like dying, because it's going to happen no matter how good you are. So... 
So this week, uh, one of the big updates to SIF did to the site. We finally have notifications on the site. So if, some, if you leave a comment and someone replies to you, you will get notified inside the dashboard. It has made a huge difference for me personally, because if I leave a comment and somebody replies to it, I'm immediately notified. I can go back and jump into that conversation. So make sure you check that out. If you look at your avatar, there will be a little envelope icon on the avatar to let you know that you have a new notification there. You can clear them all out, or you can reply to them all. Uh, so check out that new feature on the site. And uh, I think with that, we're ready to rock, right? I think your iPad played some Dark Souls. <laughs> it just collapsed. <laughs> all right, let's get to the big six. All right, so as we mentioned, you know, it's hard to believe we're doing a show while Comic-Con is going on, and there's not one topic out of the big six that's really related to Comic-Con. Um, our first topic is actually related to Minecon, which just happened, where they unveiled for the first time Minecraft Story Mode, which to me is a little odd, Ryan, because there is no story in Minecraft. No, there is a story. They actually well, they hired even a guy to write it. It doesn't make a lot of sense, and it's kind of out there. But, like, there's game... Of like, would you say, like, Mar Super Mario Brothers had a story? Uh, like, you rescued the princess? Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's, I mean, still, there's like, a setup. There's objectives you have to There's do. a difference. There's a difference between a setup and a story. Okay. And I would say both those games only really so, have setups. You're saying Minecraft wouldn't have gotten a story score? No. Okay. <laughs> to roll it back, make it a little old school. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think this is what Telltale does, is that they, they take a property and they look at ways to work it into another scenario. Obviously... But do they do that? Because if you look at all their other franchises, you look at The Walking Dead, you look at A Wolf Among Us, you look at even Borderlands, which strays from what Borderlands was really about a good mm -hmm. bit, but still it has this well of characters and pre-existing situations to draw from to kind of craft the prose around. But here we have just survive the night. <laughs> I, but I would, I would argue that there is more to Minecraft than that. I mean, there is that all the weird stuff of when you go to like the Neververse and you wake the Ender Dragon and stuff and the weird little NPC towns and like the, you know, even the Creepers. They all have like a personality. It may oh, not sure. be as deep a well to kind of draw from. But uh, again, to, to bring back the past, we saw what the guys did at um, the Seedlings guys did. You know where they made yeah. their, their own story, kind of in Minecraft, that was kind of part of Minecraft, but also kind of away from it. Right. And it looks like that's kind of what they're doing there. Obviously, it doesn't really matter because like every child in the world plays Minecraft, and most of the adults do too. So it's got that big brand recognition. Oh, for sure. They got that kind of. It has a good look and a kind of. I can't tell if I like the way it looks. <laughs> Or not. Well, here's the other thing, too, is because the way Minecraft looks and the way its character models are, you know, my big concern when I first heard it was the trailer was coming before I saw the trailer was how will characters emote in this game? Because you don't have a face that's as expressive. And honestly, after watching the trailer, I feel like they did, they did a pretty good job of it. But that was my big concern before I saw the footage was how is a character going to convey emotion with a block head? <laughs> I'm and, like, this face painted on the front of it. Well, no, I, I, you know how they're going to do it. You're just going to see this, like, blank face, and then it will say, like, Creeper re will remember that or something <laughs> like that in the upper right. Um, I mean, it's I way that gives them full license to do whatever the hell they want, right? Because they don't have to worry about any pre-existing, like, story arcs or anything that's happened in the franchise or stepping on the toes of the developer and going outside of canon or anything like that. It gives them a blank canvas to work with, so but that could be good and bad. So are you saying there's going to be spheres? <laughs> like really, really break the mold? Yeah. I mean... Uh, I don't know. I think it looks cool. I have this problem with Telltale games where I buy the complete season, 
and then I play the first episode, <laughs> and I never play another really? episode. Why is that? Because really, for me, I'm the opposite. Like, a lot of times I'll buy the episode, I, and I'm like, I want to check it out, but usually they do such a good job I, with cliffhangers that I, I get wanna, suckered into buying it. I want to play them, and I think it's a problem of the sort of, like, malaise where it's like, I actually don't like them being... Ep- I like the idea of episodic gaming, but I think some of their gaps are too big. Like, I mean, Fables had, like, one of the longest gaps in the world between, like, the first and the second episode. Yeah. And it's like you get a little foggy, but you kind of don't want to replay it, because they seem short, but they do actually... They take some time. I kind of think I want to brute force it, but then you're looking at probably like 10 hours. I don't know. It's just like trying to niche, you know, carve that in. But playing the first episode is really easy because you don't have to worry. There's nothing else. Yeah, you yeah. Know, so. What I find is I play that first episode and then I just get hooked and there I am like buying. And it's, it's funny because I won't admit to myself that I'm going to buy them all so I can mm-hmm. buy them and get them at a cheaper price. Yeah. I end up like... Getting halfway into Oh, yeah, I'm going to play the next one and then I buy the next one. But you know what? Maybe this next episode isn't good, but... That's why I actually have some semblance of faith in this game because if I feel like if there's one developer who could pull this off with the Minecraft franchise, it's Telltale Games. Well, what I'm more interested in is I've seen Telltale go from... from let's, let's say there's Telltale before Walking Dead Season 1 yeah. and Telltale after. Yeah. Walking Dead Season 1 is, has a little bit of baggage, and some of that baggage is there was a lot more walking around places. Yeah. Um, Fables... So I, play, I haven't played season two of Walking Dead, but Fables, uh, Game of Thrones, and um, Wolf Among Wolf, Us. And Wolf Among Us. All of them felt that like there's a lot, like there's locations, but there's a lot less kind of just walking around and observing, and it's way more conversation based. Yeah. And to me, it's it's going to be interesting how they handle that because Minecraft, the world. I mean, to use the biggest cliche in the world, the world is sort of the character. It is, yeah. So I'm going to be a little curious. Obviously, the trailer has a bunch of characters, but I'm kind of curious to see how much of that actual old-school kind of walking around stuff they're going to do. I think what I want to see is how how Minecraft is it? Or is it Minecraft at all? Or is it just like a story that they write that they staple the Minecraft like imagery well, on top we, of? Well, we saw how Telltale for... For, um, for Borderlands, Telltale kind of shoehorned in a little more gameplay mechanics and not typical puzzle adventure stuff but like yeah. like in the first episode if you got the hat it kind of let you mess up a quick time event and you could yeah, kind of yeah. call in stuff even though they've kind of they've kind of scaled back puzzles even though the puzzles in Walking Dead were pretty pretty Stupid. minor for yeah. the most part um, <laughs> pointless so it's going to be curious work. to see if they actually incorporate building I think in, into the game because it's going to be building Don't and exploring they have to but that, that's not going to fit into their engine but like, is it going to but is it going to just be a menu choice you know yeah. that's the question yeah I mean if anybody else was making this game, I would say right now it's going to be an unmitigated disaster. But because it's Telltale, I have a little bit more faith that at least something interesting will come out of it. And look, I'm not a Minecraft fan, so I don't really have a whole lot of emotion tied into the franchise. I'm not going to sweat it if they like break outside a cannon or whatever. There's a sphere. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see them kind of walk that line. And to see, you know, because a lot of the other thing, too, is that a lot of Minecraft fans are kids. I mean... Uh, what percentage would you venture to guess at this point of people that play Minecraft are kids? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't. I still think of all the people doing the servers and doing all the crazy stuff. But uh, no, it's probably it's probably tipping at this over. Point, it's probably tipping over fifty percent at this it, point. When it first launched, yeah. I wouldn't. I would say yeah, yeah. it's probably like ten percent. But now it's like every kid plays Minecraft. But mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of adults have moved on. Oh, I wouldn't say maybe moved on, but I mean it's definitely kids have definitely picked up the mantle. Well, how you know? long has it been since you played Minecraft? I was a trendsetter, because I, I was no, playing No, I remember. That thing. I was telling Matt before you got here today about 
how at GT when that, the day that game came out, like our no, office is shut yeah, down. Yeah. No, but I was I played like the like the super beta like yeah, before remember, half the yeah. stuff was there, and I just thought I thought the you know the kind of emergent world stuff was cool, and then I never played it again. I I like games that end. Yeah. Like uh, I'll play with a game that's a toolbox or like a sandbox for a while, but yeah, no, then there was like, you know, the editors had wars and, you know, people blew up people's kingdoms and stuff like that on their private servers. I, I was never part of any of that. Yeah. So you're not a huge fan? Um, I keep up with what's being added and stuff, but I don't play. So you, have, you haven't played it since around when it came out. I haven't played it since around when it came out. Everybody I know that plays games hasn't played it since around oh, when it came out. Oh, there's still a lot of people that play it. Like a lot of the like old GT editors still play. Really? Yeah, they have servers. Like and Marco stuff like still that. plays. Yeah. Wow, that's surprising to hear. But I think in general, I think the shift has certainly moved to where it's more dominated by a younger audience than it was when it was first launched. And so, well, I I do think maybe Notch leaving it has kind of uh, I think maybe some of the more tech heads and maybe feel maybe not betrayed and maybe lost a little bit of interest under Microsoft's stewardship. Yeah, and so what I was getting at is that, you know, Telltale maybe has to be a little careful with how they handle this game because they don't really want to lock out that kid's audience from buying oh, and enjoying this game. I didn't know if there was an ESRB on that trailer, but I'm sure it's going to be E or E10. There, I don't think there was. I think it was just like rating pending or, or whatever. Or Peggy, I yeah. guess, because they showed it in London. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Peggy. yeah, there's, there's no rating for it yet. But yeah, I you know, they're going to have to walk that line because if they lock out the kids, they're going to lose a big market for that game, at least I think. So it'll be interesting to see. I would say it was an auspicious debut because my biggest concerns were how are, you know, it's an adventure game that's story-driven. How are the characters going to convey emotion inside this visual landscape that's already been kind of laid down by the game? And Voice so, acting? I mean, Yeah, you know. but if the voice... I mean, look, you, you're, you can't just completely write off like a way a face emotes in a game. It's a, look at I, the, a I game like The No, Witcher. I totally can. Really? I think faces in games are awful. I still they think are, pro- generally. I, th- I still think probably the best faces in games... Um, L.A. Noir still has that Uncanny Valley thing going yeah. on. Uh, it's going to... Half-Life 2. It's the way they make the pupils move, and there's only yeah. like three characters that talk to you in that game. I think there are some more recent games that have been pretty good. I think Arkham Knight's really good. I think I the faces are good in that. And I also think the faces in The Witcher 3 are really good, too. I disagree You disagree? Yeah. Matt feels... What, you I, agree? Yeah, I think the... Uh, turn my mic up. Hi, Matt. Um, <laughs> hey, Ryan. Uh, no, I think... I mean, the, the the faces aren't like photoreal or anything, but I think the subtlety of the animation of the faces in conversation in The Witcher 3 is the best I've ever seen. I, I think it's think really good. The, the eyes just look so dead to me most of the time. I don't the know if they're ever going to be able to replicate the, the eyes, human eye. It's a passage to the soul. That's man. right. That's why well, they say the eyes are the window to the soul. That's the, why it's the hardest think, thing to replicate in games. But I do think Shane's right in that uh, the eyes in Arkham are great. Oh, i got to check it out. Yeah, I'm going to wait for the really Game of the Year edition when it has, like, because there's, like, what, 17 months of DLC for that game or something yeah. like that? I'm just going to wait <laughs> on that one. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. All right, so this week I think there were five... Collector's editions announced in a week. And that was after 10 had been announced the prior two weeks. And so... In honor of (laughs) Comic-Con. It seems as if the collector's editions for video games are really starting to get out of control. And I think what really tipped me over the top this week was the Call of Duty and Mirror's Edge collector's editions that cost $200 a piece. So the Mirror's Edge Collector's Edition, Ryan, you can see it there on our monitor. You get a statue. It's an awesome statue. And I love the emotional impact of it. 
and everything, and you get that groovy collector's box and some temporary henna tattoos and a lithograph. Concept, I don't even know, what is, what is a concept piece? I think it's just it concept like art. postcards. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Basically something that they printed from nothing in a steel book. $200 for that. Yeah. Now, that's insane. Like, I would, I would never pay $200 for that, ever. Like, the statue, any statue, I don't mean, I'm guessing the statue's probably 10 inches tall or shorter. 14, so, 14 inches. inches. Oh, so it is actually pretty big. It's like, but after I got burned on the Witcher statue, I don't really trust the paint jobs on these things. Yeah, I mean... But, so wait, that 14 inches, question. though, actually measures to the top of that white, like, wall that's between them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's about... 10 inches probably to the top of Faith's head, you're right. And really, that's all that's of value in that collector's edition, in my humble opinion anyway. That's the only thing that I would actually want out of there. And to me, that statue should cost 50 bucks, in my opinion. I mean, I don't know. I've never been in, like... I've been to, like, the Nintendo World Store in New York, and they have the, the crazy cool statues and stuff, and they're, you know, $300 and yeah. super detailed and... You know, they look nice, and, like, I think some of them even have, like, LED lights that aren't tacky incorporated into them. But, you know, that's not the yeah, one for me. Yeah, I don't think there's anything like that going on there. The, I don't see this a is, uh, you know, they, th they think there's a market. I mean, I remember when this all... To me, the, 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 the ground zero of this was all when, uh, when Halo 2 came out with... For an extra five bucks, you got the making of DVD. And it outsold the version... Everyone bought that one for five bucks, and it's just been escalating since then. Oh, yeah. I mean, you go back to the 80s, and, like, the Infocom games all had, like, the little feelies and tchotchkes, but... You didn't really have a choice with that stuff. It was just yeah. packed in. Now they're kind of just... Uh, this is to really make money off of fans because the cost to make something for this is way higher. Or way lower, way than, lower. Than, than what they're charging. It's all a margin thing. Oh, yeah. And I mean, they're, they're figuring out a way to make an extra $60 of profit well, off a $60 but, game. I mean, you can still, for most of these, it depends how good their bean counters are and how good they are doing the, the calculus. Because like yeah, half We the haven't time, gotten to even the ridiculous ones yet. Look yeah, at this we one. Look at this one. Yeah. This one actually, I'd I would rather pay two hundred dollars for this. Wait, what is than that? It's a refrigerator. It is a mini fridge. Oh, I, I saw this. Okay, it holds yeah. a twelve pack of whatever your favorite beverage is. Well, who plays Call of Duty like college kids? This is actually like useful. I actually would like to have that little mini fridge to like set on my desk. But it's cool. It's I like the retro. It holds styling. a twelve pack. It holds that's, a twelve pack. That's not that small. of cans. So, but I mean, going to two hundred dollars, they're just they're just. Tweaking that knob up. And oh, it's, yeah. It's that test. But, you know, half the time... You cheaper than Titanfall. You, <laughs> yeah. You, uh, cheaper than Steel Battalion? No. 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 Titan, Steel Battalion was 200 But adjusted for inflation. <laughs> well, that's a good point, too. I mean, games went up $10 last, last, last generation, and it's still kind of one of those... Games. But even the extras in this, but, like oh, I would rather have. There's in-game stuff that you get here. You get the same steel. In-game stuff, like I could care less. I mean, for the really? cos for the cosmetic stuff, and when the, the other stuff just makes me angry when they hold hostage like content that feels like it should be part of the game. But what I was going to say is, half the time you can go into Best Buy like a month after a game comes out, and they have those collector's editions marked down. That's how I got a. I got bio. Like I never buy collector's editions. Uh, I bought Bioshock Two because I had a, a record, like you know, an LP. That's something I. You know, it's like, oh, I hate myself, but I actually kind of want yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But I got it, like, you know, 40% off, you know, yeah. like two months later. I mean, this, well, to me, looks like the better deal. You get something that's actually functional, that's really cool, that you can use and you can have forever, and no one's going to cock an eye at you when they see like a, see it sitting somewhere. They're going to cock an eye at you? you? Look at that thing. No, people are going to be like, that is freaking awesome, dude. A little mini fridge just sits on your <laughs> yeah. desk? Well, and then they're going to be like, where did you get it? And you're going to tell them, and they're going to be like, oh... 
I'd be like, what's Juggernaug? <laughs> Juggernaug. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of getting things, you know, these collector's editions cheap later, let's look at Halo. Yeah. Okay, here's the other thing, too, about Halo 5. It came out that you do not get, get a physical, physical copy, copy of, of the game. game with this. That is insane. And now Microsoft is quote-unquote, looking into it. Well, what? It's just a continuation of what Microsoft was trying to do. But right? wait, isn't this thing like 500 or something ridiculous? It's like way, it's even it? more expensive than the other two, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I hate to be like a real stickler, but if the statues are actually decent, then they are worth it. But like, oh, I got Bioshock Infinite Collector's Edition. I was like, this is a lot of cool stuff. Did you have any of you guys pick that up? No. No. It is like the cheapest crap in the world. Oh, really? Yeah, like you got like a little. I don't even. The, well, it seems like the this one guy, company, it's like a little like plastic does them. It's like those for ultimate muscle toys or something. Oh, is it Triforce again? It seems yeah, like every. So I don't know. Every one of them is made by Triforce. Well, that yeah. was, was it. Was it Triforce that was like that Batmobile edition of Arkham Knight that got canceled? Like, I have no like, clue. Six, like six days before, I think it was that it was they got the Batmobiles thing or something. They're like, yeah, this, we're not going to do this. Well, this one you get a model and you get the. Uh, the statue, the little so, metal Earth thing. That's pretty cool. Like I've, I have some of those little metal Earth, like Star Wars vehicle things. Those yeah. are pretty neat. They're small though. Look how big the box is. <laughs> you could live in that thing. Yeah, I mean, I see people on Skid Row with smaller homes than that. Well, I, I mean, I don't know how you guys organize your games at home, but it's like you have all your nice. You know, they're all nice and orderly, and then you have that like special edition. You're trying to like jam in yeah. there. And, <laughs> like I don't care that much, but it's a little annoying. And yeah. this, this one's my favorite. Comes with an arm, yeah, a bionic arm. <laughs> now, see what I was talking about, like raising an eyebrow, like that raises an eyebrow, like a little refrigerator. People be like, "That's cool, man! I never seen a little fridge before." But dude, you have a robotic arm sitting on your table. Well, uh, you no, know, it goes in that little box. It looks like you've got like a human door. So, wait, 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 since, yeah. since at least you uh, get the real game with this one. It's, since yeah. Matt is on <laughs> on uh, on the mic right now, Matt, can you describe what your desk looked like at G Four? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, when it was covered in Transformers or when it was covered in what? Like, like, I seem to remember someone walking by and being like, you know, you, you'd be a pretty good uh, like child abductor if you wanted to be. <laughs> um, you know, if you're a fan, that's the thing. I, I, is, are you going to buy all of these? No. But if there's one you really like, I mean, personally, on, uh, okay, to go objectively, I think it's okay. Subjectively, I'm not going to buy any of this. I stuff. don't buy any of them. I've never bought a collector's edition with my own money. Yeah. Ever. I mean, I got I've that Bioshock one. I've had them sent to me as like review copies or whatever. Like, I think I got one for Black Ops 2 or it had like the little helicopter or something. But I've never paid for a collector's edition. I, I had my girlfriend pick me up. Uh, I was out of town and I had my girlfriend pick me up Resident Evil 5 and she got me the collector's edition, which is like $20 more or something. I was like, yeah. oh. <laughs> Man, okay, thanks, honey. That's an expensive, like, pick-me-up fee, 20 bucks. Yeah. How about this one? Look, there it is. Oh, yeah. And so this is this really kind of makes a point. And, and the point that I was trying to get at is that it's just getting ridiculous. Like, does, do we really need a collector's edition of Tales of Zestiria? There's Tales fans. Of course there are, but... They're going to do a limited print. I mean, that's what I was saying. The bean counters have to do the calculus. How many can we make where we sell out? Or there's only a, a trickle left. Yeah, this all the tales of like limited editions in America become super valuable. Like because there aren't any. Because they barely make enough to fit demand, and then if you didn't get in on the pre-order bandwagon, there was, you're not getting it. There was some JRPG like three or four years ago, and it literally came with a a um, not a sex doll, but like a blow-up doll. Oh, that was um, 
Um, I don't think it was anatomically correct or anything. No, but I know which one. It was uh, It was like record of something. Record yeah. of... Record of Agar- Lost War? No, like Agarest. Agarest. Record yeah. of yes. Agarest. And it's like... Agarest Wars. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The really naughty limited edition. That's what that was called. I, I mean, look, at the end of the day, if people didn't buy them, they would make them. And this so, is just like an eyesore to read all this stuff, though. I mean, just look at that. I mean... <laughs> Like, it's not a very like attractive in Japan, image. Like all those games get stuff like this, though. I mean, that's like yeah. a thing. It's it's the it's the collector culture that exists around that genre. And they have tiny apartments. Yeah. Where are they going to put that steel case? Oh yeah, wait, yeah. are they not going to buy Halo? <laughs> well, no, the case for Zestiria doesn't look that much smaller, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. But you, it looks like you. Well, do you get the game? Like the hard copy? Yeah, of yeah the game disc, right in the there front. There it is. <laughs> and one last one. Just, Just cause. cause three, where you get a hook shot. A non-working hook shot. That's probably the most. Wor- that's probably the worst of them all. No, that's the best because you know, like three days after that comes out, you're gonna read a story like on Kotaku where it's like, man loses his eye <laughs> playing with Just Cause collectible. It doesn't work though. It's just a. It's just oh, like, people will find a way. <laughs> to me, that's the silliest one. Like really, if you're talking about the eye ra- the eye raising quotient, there's the biggest eye raiser right there. The grappling hook on a pedestal well, that will just sit there and do nothing. How many replica guns and swords did Jeremy Hoffman have? Uh, yeah. yeah, he did have a lot. But, I mean, also, if you look at the rest of the collector's edition for Just Cause 3, like, there's just really not that well, much there. Let, let me ask you what, would you, what would you want from a collector's edition? I'm cool with statues, but I'm really cool with stuff that's functional, something that you get some use out of. Like, I thought that Black Ops... Collector's Edition was great. They gave you like a little drone that you could play with. It was fun to play with. And there's the RV car before. Yeah, they had the, I think Black Ops generally does theirs pretty well. Um, and again, they. I feel like the fridge is something that you actually use. It's not something that you just put somewhere and you have to dust every like two weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's something that you actually get some use out of or can mess around with. And so generally for me, any Collector's Edition that has something like that where it actually has some functionality to it and it's not just something to look at is something that would resonate more with me. And what about you? What are you looking for? I'll know it when I see it. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, like, looking for utility in something that's, like, being sold as collectible. I mean, I'm not saying that doesn't make sense, but I'm the, I don't think I'd ever really be expecting that. No. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, I remember Rohan at GT had the, the little RC car. Yeah. And it's like, he's like, he said he used it once, and then they used it on one of those, uh, that combat facts thing, so they could, like, shoot, they put a camera on it, and they could, like, shoot at it, right, you know? Right. And it's like, yeah. Little soldier, you know, it's uh, it's done its due. But you've done something with it. It's better than just putting and, it up on the well, like what hell the stuff I have up here. And now that like most soundtracks are just like MP3 download codes now, yeah. or they'll do like a CD with two tracks. Um, and the little art books are usually a disappointment compared to like the big art books. So, yeah. I mean, so they most have... of the stuff I've seen hasn't been really cool. Vinyl records, I think, are cool. That's, that's cool. That's useful. Right, it's functional. So that's um, what I, I also say. Think vinyl it has to be functional. You have to get the actual real game with yeah, but it. That's the other stipulation for me. I also own, you know, I own zero game statues or tchotchkes. But I've also spent, uh, I'm not a, really a collector, but I have spent, you know, some money at some points in my life on, like, rare games that I don't actually play. Just that I, like, own them. own them. And that is, like, kind of the collector mentality, even if it's not, like, a... The, you know, the writ large, get a lot of everything, get a complete set sort of thing. So. I also feel like maybe part of the phenomenon for this stuff is that for the longest time, like, there really was no video game merchandise. And really the only people that got it were game journalists in America. Like, it's been in Japan for forever. You can go to a capsule machine and get mm-hmm. game-related stuff there. Here, it's really hard to find. Like, still, like, you can't really walk into, like, stores and buy game-related merchandise unless it's a hot topic for a, Spencer's Pac- for a Pac-Man T-shirt or something. But like as far as stuff like this, like you can't really walk into stores and buy it. So 
you know, I almost feel like part of it is like a lot of people were deprived of it for so long, and now that the stuff is here, they're like, I'm going to buy it because well, I wanted it for a long time. I will say, I mean, kind of tangentially related, uh, when like Mass Effect 2 came out, I did see a ton of people wearing Mass Effect 2 clothing because yeah. it kind of looked like Well, they put out that clo- whole clothing line like the for Mass Effect. Yeah. yeah, so like there is that, that kind of kind of crossover where I think you know I think with Pokemon like the toys kind of came out and stuff for maybe the, the younger audiences but I guess you're right when you look at stuff like um, and now you're looking at Amiibos metal, and all the metal, toys to life stuff but when you're looking and, like stuff like Metal Gear or even like I guess Just Cause yeah you like if you're if you are a fan like Brandon Jones for example maybe yeah. he really wants that grappling hook because right. he's really into the game I was like, I do know. you ever wonder if like Victor Ireland who ran Working Designs who back in like the 16-bit invented, days they were the only invented. ones who did Collectors, things like that. You ever wonder if he looks at all like that huge industry that's sprung up around that now, and he's just like, "You jerks!" Like, like he or was he so far ahead of his time. He should have patented that. it and got rich because you know that somebody patented like the word podcast and like <laughs> and makes like millions of dollars a year and tries to sue people for the, saying the word podcast. The patent, so. patent trolls, yeah, yeah. So. I don't know. I still don't see myself buying any collector's editions. I mean, even the Black Ops 3 one, like, am yeah. I going to spend 200 bucks for that? No. Like, I just buy the game and I'll you've, be You've got a nice fridge here already. Yeah, yeah. So. I do. I have a kegerator with a football I think it will sell well. They're like college kids. They always, like, you know, that's like one of the top gifts for kids going to the dorm or mini getting fridge, a little apartment. For sure. Yeah. But that's not like a real mini fridge. Like, holding a 12 pack, you know? Yeah, that's all you need when you're in college. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I'm not really joking. Like, I, I had a mini fridge, and I, I think I, like you don't. You shouldn't even keep tequila in the fridge. I kept like my tequila in the fridge. Yeah. And, like, a twelve pack or two forties. I'm guessing you yeah. can fit in there, and that's really all you need if you're in college. All right, so it's time mouth. to move on to PewDiePie, probably one of the more polarizing people in the games industry in general. Not just journalists, and I guess you know, I don't think he'd even call himself a journalist, but. He is certainly probably the most influential single person in video games that does not make video games. Can we agree with that? Would you agree with that, Ryan? I've never even thought about something like that, so I'm not really sure. (laughs) Most influential person in video games who doesn't make video games? Yeah. I think there's a very strong case to be made. Uh, Sure. I mean, That's a pretty big deal. That's a big Um, title to have. He's he's got influence in a very specific demo. I mean, did you see him on South Park? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's that they whole, nailed like, it. The kids aren't playing Dragon Age; they're watching him play Dragon Age yeah. or what? I think it was Dragon Age. I don't even remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you're right. They, they did kind of nail it. Um, I guess he's polarizing. Um, he's definitely not my cup of tea. But I don't actually find him like um, he doesn't like make me angry. You know? No, I don't know how it could make you angry. And so I guess we should set up the topic a little better. Basically, oh, what yeah. happened this week was that. It came out. I don't even know how these numbers get out there. Because it's not like everyone's tax returns are just public knowledge for people to look at. Oh, well, isn't he like a Swiss citizen or something? He is, I believe. Sweden. I always get Sweden mixed up. <laughs> I'm an American. I believe he's Swedish. Um, um, yeah, so maybe through that I know they have a lot more. Maybe they oh, have to disclose but... that stuff. But it came out that he made $7.5 million last year off his Supposedly, YouTube channel. Supposedly, right? Allegedly. Still, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he came out and did a video yeah. where he doesn't deny that that's how much money he made. And then if I remember correctly, last year he made around $5 million. I remember hearing three and a half, but yeah, And that millions. became public knowledge, but nobody, there wasn't really an uproar over it last year. This year, for whatever reason, when he came out, when it came out that he had made 7.5 or whatever it was, 
people went crazy over this, and it was a lot of jealousy. I'd go anger. crazy over this. Look at that. <laughs> it's pretty good. Even with the sound off. Yeah. Where do you think this this anger is rooted, Ryan? It could have been me. I mean, you, you think know, that's what it air is? Quotes. I mean, because it really is. Well, and it could have I, been any, before, anybody. Before we started rolling, you also said like, um, you know, he. He knows his audience. He does a, a fair amount of uh, production on his work. Yeah, he edits but his own videos. But it's not like it's overproduced, right? Like no. this is this is I something. I think he intentionally underproduces. It's, it's, it's it. jump cuts. Yeah. You know, he cuts out the. I'm sure he's cutting out the boring stuff, right? Yeah. But you know, I think sometimes my, my honest counter argument, and this is just going off of numbers, is and it's the as someone who's worked in internet media, it's depressing how little money he made. Actually, yeah, I know because when he, you're serving billions of videos, a TV show, a, a TV show on basic cable that's pulling like a like one and a half million viewers, you know, is making proportionally so oh much God, more money. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole old media, new media thing, and we could, I know, we could talk about that as a separate thing for days. But I just wanted yeah. to put that out there. No, nothing to do with his personality. Just looking at his pure numbers, or not even his content, except for the traffic that he's doing, and even with. Um, ad block or whatever it's actually depressing how little he makes and i know he yeah. has some staff and stuff like that but still it's like no it's true you I should mean, be making a lot more money if you're the most like, subscribed person oh i consider like for like a like a even like a b-list movie star like 7.5 million is pretty much what you need to get him in the building i mean know? it's like, embarrassing in my opinion it's embarrassing for youtube that that's how much money their number one star made think about that he said on his video when he kind of answered to all these angry people that he has served eight billion videos eight billion he's like the mcdonald's of the internet i remember our best year at gt we served one billion and it took us to december i think december 28th it ticked over and we did one billion but that was when First of all, GT was just a beast then. Our reviews were doing like 1.5 million views apiece, and we all mm-hmm. the trailer traffic was coming to us. It was before the advent of YouTube, and we had the, we were the first video game website that had a user movie system, and those videos probably pulled in. I think it was 35 to 40 percent of all our traffic, just the user videos yeah. on GT. Haloid. So, but so think about all the people that worked to create that, and all the other people who are uploading user videos on mm-hmm. our site. For us to get to one billion, and he is one guy. Yeah. It is amazing. And it is, you're right, it is embarrassing that that's all he made. I mean, it just shows you that internet advertising is so devalued. Like, basically how it breaks down on YouTube is to make $1,000, you have to serve one million well, videos. Well, I mean, I think the way it, it kind of comes down to it, it's like a lot of things. It's like, there's the content and then the ad stuff. And, you know, you know uh, what's it, Mystery Guitar Man? He's like the he's a top ten YouTube subscriber. He doesn't make that much money off his YouTube videos. He averages like two million views a video. What it That's is two is grand it, per video. But what it does is it opens him up. So he's now direct, he's like he's like probably twenty six now. But he's directed like car commercials. Yeah. You know, there was this great article in the New York Times a couple years ago about this guy. This guy wrote this article about how we should all work less and not work as hard. And he he wrote a follow up article where he's like it was like the fourth most viewed article in the New York Times that year. Yeah. And he still got his flat fee, but it led to a book deal. Right. And now he got to write this other article oh, and all this sure. other stuff. But so, I mean, the are there was, really opportunities for people who, for most people who make videos I, but, on I YouTube? Mean, but like, it's, it's, you know, I think it's one of those things where I think he isn't really, I mean, he's shilling in the point where I think, you know, people send, he gets code before 
game outlets a lot of times. I remember oh, he, yeah. he got Dying Light, but I don't think he's. And that's the whole ethics. That's the whole to play their game. There's the whole ethics of how what level of shilling that is. But he's not like going around and actually doing like he's running ads, but he's not really doing like endorsements or anything like that, or at least like out and out endorsements. And he's at the top of the pyramid. And the thing is, that's the question. That's where you want to rip down the veil and see how much of that is. Because is there any? Is that just his ad revenue, or is there a back end revenue being run in for him to? Well, do here's the other and that's thing, the, the like whole ethics thing. Well, here's the thing: like some of that money is publishers just saying, "Here's twenty grand to play our game." I mean, that totally happens. See, he I, makes no qualms about the fact that he's not a right. journalist. He doesn't care about editorial integrity. He's an entertainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll yeah. tell you that. No, but I mean, it's like when you know. I remember like mommy bloggers being like, "We'll only review your your stuff if you give us money," yeah, yeah. and you know, no one bats an eye. Well, there's a lot of Twitch streamers that are taking money for streams, and some of them are honest, some of them aren't. There's that whole gray area going on, and we've talked about that on this show before, and it's been talked about um, in every other video game show and, before. But and just to like turn back to him being popular. I, I run this quote into the ground, and I don't even know where this quote comes from, but I know I've heard it before. Even during Shakespeare's time, people preferred bear baiting, which is like you tease a bear and then yeah. like kill it, yeah. to like watching a Shakespeare play. You yeah. know, like this is like, you know, this is easy to watch. It's like, oh, uh-huh, he laughs, he gets scared, he yells. But do you think it's easy? Because here, here's the thing about PewDiePie. Every single person I talk to about PewDiePie says the same exact thing. It's not for me. But I respect him. Every single I don't even person. I know if it's respect. It's just like, okay. But no, he works hard. I mean, there's no denying yeah, it, dude. Yeah. He's a hard worker. And he's creative. And he's a good editor, too. Like, his videos are... He, you can tell Ooh, he works very hard at making them look a certain way. Yeah. I think he, he probably spends more time making his videos look bad so that the kids like him and think they're quote-unquote legit than he would spend if he were just cutting it and making it look professional. Because all the little things that he does... I mean, if you actually watch his stuff, he does a good job, man. He's a good editor. He's funny. He's quick-witted. He does manage to find stuff about games that's really funny that I don't even really pay attention to. Like, he's perfect at his job, and he's a hard worker. And to me, he deserves everything that he's getting. And more. Like, a lot more. And people on YouTube who are only serving five or six million videos a year should be making a hell of a lot more money than they're making. Like, YouTube is ripping all these people off, but they're all... They're, they're but, then, but then YouTube's not even making a profit either. It isn't? No, supposedly they're, like, about breaking even. I thought they made a shit ton of money last year. No, they're about breaking even in the last couple things I read. Well, the bottom line is, is something's going to have to change with internet advertising because it, if the only way you can make that kind of money is to serve eight billion video views, something is broken. And so something's going to have to give eventually. But I just find it interesting that he is this popular, and I have never found a single person that says that they watch his stuff and they like it. Nobody. You hang out with like talk to more like teens. Yeah, I mean, is that really what it is? Hey, little boy, do you like PewDiePie? (laughs) But see, that starts to bring in some gray area. Matt's desk. But see, that also brings in gray area where technically he's playing games that these kids, and they are kids, are not supposed to even be watching in the first place. One. Two, the demographics. So these advertisers are being told who are advertising in front of PewDiePie's videos. Do you think that they know that the, all the people watching their ads are well, like five years, eight and ten years old? There's, like, still, there's still a lot of eight-year-olds playing Call of Duty that shouldn't be technically. I mean, I don't for know. Sure. That's, that's a, kind of a little old man yells at cloud argument. You know? Really? Yeah. Demographics? That's all advertising is about. You set your ad rates based it's on the demographics. Same reason, it's the same reason they advertise cigarettes to kids, you know? 
When? Where? When? The, the whole history of cigarette advertising. Oh, you mean like way back in the jo- day? Like Joe, no, but like Joe Camel and stuff like that. Like having a, a family face, or like in other countries and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, you you hook them when they're young, and also, you know, the most prized demographic in the world those eighteen is it eighteen to thirty four. Eighteen to thirty four. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm about to be leaving. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> You know, then no one will care about you anymore. All those boys are going to be in that demo. So yeah. eventually, yeah. Still, it's a little and, it's, and also because that, you pay rates based upon the but demo. It's, but it's so cheap. It's really cheap advertising too. Well, that's the thing, though. It's not really cheap if you're the one who wants to advertise. Like, it's not. It's, it's cheaper than YouTube like terrestrial just takes, television. YouTube just like keeps that. all the money and gives hardly any to the people who are actually creating the content. But it's it, you know, but then you don't have to pay server fees. I mean, it's a it's a lot of tit for tat. It's not good for like anyone. But I mean, I don't know. I don't see that as a real hot button issue. I think kind of what internet advertising in a lot of ways is kind of just throwing stuff into the ether, or you do a lot of weird SEO massaging, and that's all getting back end corrupted as well so it's, it's kind of like a like a weird like corrupt game of chess yeah. basically that's probably a good way to put it I think all three of us can agree that we have no problem with the money that PewDiePie is making yeah, he should give a, us some. he's a great presenter I uh, yeah I wish he'd give me some but other than that like I would he knows love to exactly what his, who his audience is and he knows exactly how to present to them and I can't hate on that I would like to meet him someday just to shake his hand and congratulate him because he you can tell he's smart. Like, he knows exactly what he's doing. And, uh, and he's created, like, pretty much his own genre of media. I mean, nobody else really does what PewDiePie does, even though everyone's seen what he does and could very easily try to emulate it. Nobody has managed to do it and be successful at it. So that shows that it's it like does... Michael Jackson. Yeah. You're, you're, you're raising an eyebrow. There's right a million that. people doing it, and they don't get as many views. They're not doing what he's doing. But they're though. still getting hundreds of thousands of views. I mean,. I, I run into these things all the time. He is different than all the Let's Players, though. Every Let's Player is like their face in a little window in the corner. Like, he, they don't cut it all up. Like, he goes in and, like, adds sound effects to no, his stuff. And- I, I, I see what you're saying. No, but I've totally seen videos where people do the same stuff. They're not at his scale, but there's a ton of people. I it's kind of like when the angry video game nerd came on, and then suddenly there was, like, the slightly pissed off Sega nerd, and, like, the. The annoyed gamer. I, my mom bought me a Turbo Graphics, <laughs> so I'm permanently upset for the rest of my life. Uh, yeah. Dweeb, I don't know. There's all of that stuff. Yeah. So um, I haven't seen anybody do it as well as him. And I look at YouTube videos all day, every I mean, day. I don't know. I think maybe you're putting on a little more accolades to his editing acumen than I I would. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's there. I'm not saying it's not there, but I'm saying there are other people. It's just you know, this is the one that stuck, yeah. right? I give it more credit than that. But it's time to move on. We got the buzzer a while ago, so. Our next topic of the Big Six is another issue that's been one of those things that, it, it, that for whatever reason, this week it came to a head, but it's been a problem that's been kind of lying around for a long time, and that is PlayStation Network. And you know what? I was a lot more forgiving on PSN when it was free. Yeah. A hell of a lot more forgiving. And in fact, I was just glad that I could play online and not have to pay money at all. I didn't really care if it was slow or if the the store didn't load or mm-hmm. any of that stuff. But you know what? Now that I've had to pay for PlayStation Network for a couple years, my opinion's changing. And it does matter to me now that when I go to download a game, it take, I like do it before I go to bed and I wake up in the morning and sometimes it still hasn't finished. And I do care that when I load up the store or try to load up the store, it's not there and it's not working. And I do care when I go to play a game and it won't connect the servers like it has with Rocket League all week this week. Um, 
So my patience for PSN is starting to run out, and it's apparently I'm not alone in this. It's everyone else is starting to lose their patience with it as well, Ryan. Yeah. I mean, all the stuff you just mentioned where it's very, like, network-based, uh, I completely agree, especially now that it's, like, a paid service. And I haven't even seen them do... I think there was because once... Because to me, that's the basics. You there, have to get right. I think there was once where they've added, like... When they, what was it, Lizard Squad or something? The they Christmas? hacked him on Christmas, which yeah. is a whole other story that happened this week where the guy that did that yeah, see, like, uh, isn't actually going to jail. But like, I remember, like, I think they credited everyone like a week of PSN. But I remember like when Xbox would go I think down, it was actually like three, three or days. four days. Yeah, but like, I just remember <laughs> getting way more credited days for Xbox Live back in the day when Xbox Live was a little more rocky. Yeah. And it feels like, I don't you know. You would also get like but, the free 30-day things inside games for Xbox Live. I, I mean, I follow this a little bit, and it seems like people are confusing... PSN a little bit with just the um, the user interface as well because a lot of people are making they're like network stuff but like a lot well, of other functionality too, like but uh, yeah I, I think people should I mean most of my downloads start really slow and then they do kind of creep faster which is annoying because you look at it and you're like 14 hours and then you like take a pee and you come back and it's like 12 minutes and you're like okay I don't know if I've ever downloaded anything on PSN in 12 minutes no I mean it can be really bad and obviously like um, I don't play. I play Destiny, and that has a lot of lag in multiplayer. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's stuff they they definitely need to address. I mean, ever since they were had that what forty two day outage back in the day when they were hacked, um, yeah. they need to they need to beef up whoever their like server network department is for sure. Especially as they're becoming more and more popular. I, I don't think it's a crazy demand. Um, I just don't know. I don't know how. Focused, it is. I know they like made a website now and everything. Here's the thing, but it doesn't seem crazy at all. Everything they're asking for makes sense. The free games, I think, are the saving grace of PSN. The PlayStation Plus free games, because I think a lot of people almost build in an excuse for the lackluster parts of PSN because they're getting a few free games a month. And I don't know about you, but I download these games. I think I actually ever end up playing like maybe 20% of the free games I get on PlayStation Plus. Is yeah, your number I, higher than that? No, I sa- I sample pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of games I've downloaded to both, my, to both my Xbox One and my PlayStation 4 but that I never even touch. Now that there's the parity between Xbox and it's like you have to pay for online anyway and they're like the same price, it's like, okay, it's, it's cool. I mean, I feel like PlayStation's been... Generally better in the free game department than Xbox. I know they kept, they kept shoving the, yeah. the pool game. I can't remember what it's yeah. called. The Dillard's pool game. Pool or something. Yeah. yeah, like that down your throat. Um, the slow downloads is an issue. I mean, some of it, I don't know if it's like, again, like I've only re- like recently only been playing Destiny, so I don't know if it's the Destiny servers versus PSN. I'm not entirely sure. And of course, all the hacking attacks and stuff like that. But yeah, PSN goes down a lot. But look, the people who and... have started this, and it was basically just a hashtag. And I think it was, I can't remember it was like what it was called. It was, um, the hashtag I think was a better PSN or something like that. I can't remember what it was. But the people who started the hashtag, they're, they're pissed off about the stuff we talked about. But they're also pissed off about other like basic features of a network. Like just like login issues. Yeah, no, I saw like double, they want like double authentication. Yeah, and, and like, like the ability to send like audio messages to other users. Just stuff that like we've been doing on Xbox Live for like 10 years. Yeah, and it I, still I, isn't a part of PSN. And I think it's one of the things where now that PlayStation is the, the leading platform in the States. They should be the leader in this everywhere, space as well. Not to, jump, sure. not to jump ahead too far. But, uh, you know, they, they have to play some catch-up. I don't think it's maybe... 
The outages are obviously the worst. Uh, I think and the that's worst the other thing. I mean, the thing goes but, down like two or three times a week but where you just can't access it at all. I guess I just don't feel... I don't just feel that outraged about some of the, the basic functionality, but I think as we become this more streaming-centric, your TV and your box, be it an Apple TV or a PS4 or a Roku or a Chromecast... I think these functionality things are going to be way more important, and it's what people are going to, you know, Sony, if they want, you know, like, haven't they been, like, shutting, like, don't they not even make TVs anymore, right? Is that Sony? true? Yeah. yeah, I think they just stopped making TVs. So yeah. they need to step it up. I mean, they they have a good head start, and they need to follow through, because this is the kind of the stuff people are going to want to need. And, like, I kind of I kind of roll my eyes when people are, like, better, like, Facebook functionality. Yeah. But, People are going to want it. I yeah. mean, I I, was I think really... a lot of it depends on what, how much you use your PS4. Like, how much do you use your PS4? Uh, it's my primary console right now. So, I mean, but still, I, how, how, how often do you play it? I mean, count, are you counting streaming and stuff like that? You mean like streaming, like TV? And, yeah, 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 yeah. Like Netflix and stuff. Yeah, yeah, every day. Yeah, yeah. Because I think this, the the anger over this is directly proportional to how much you use it. Because if somebody uses their PlayStation 4 as their primary way to get to Facebook, and that you know almost everybody uses Facebook all day, every day, you could see where it would be really annoying if Facebook doesn't integrate properly yeah. into their PlayStation 4. Whereas I use my PlayStation 4 just to play video games, and that's pretty much it. Like I don't really stream anything through it. I end up doing all that on my Xbox One because it's already linked into my TV. Like my cable box goes through it, so that that's kind of became my de facto like entertainment box. Mm-hmm. Consequently, I hardly ever play games on my Xbox One. I play all my games on my PS4. But So to me, what really angers me is when it's laggy or it takes a long time to download an update or I get an error and can't download an update like Rocket oh, League yeah. this week. Like I couldn't download the multiplayer update for the first well, day and a half it was available. I couldn't download the stinking update. That's the one thing I wish they had inherited from Xbox. Is Do you remember like the same game on an Xbox 360 or a PS3? It would be a three meg patch on the Xbox yeah. and like a two point nine gig patch yeah. on the PS3, and that has not been. I don't. I honestly, I play almost nothing on Xbox right now, so I'm not really sure how they handle patches. But like the patches now are sometimes like bigger than the games. Yeah. Well, the patch yesterday, the multiplayer patch, when I finally got it to work for Rocket League, was like a gig and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's like what like. And I'm sure it could have probably been diced down to insert some bytes somewhere. Oh, for be, sure. Be a lot smaller. Yeah, it was totally bloated. So. I mean, look, I think, and I feel that these people have every right to be angry, especially, you know, the other thing, too, is that a lot of people, they only have a PlayStation 4. They don't have an Xbox One or some other system to play games on. And so looking at at it from the perspective of someone who relies on the PlayStation 4 for everything, all their entertainment needs, all their gaming needs, all their everything, like... It's, to me, it's not good enough, especially this far into the game. It isn't like, look, PSN has been around for a long time. It was just free for a long time. And mm-hmm. look, I totally understand why they're like, well, we don't really want to invest a ton of money in something that people aren't paying for yet. But they still had that backbone there that they just needed to build on top of. And here we are, two years into a console that's absolutely dominating worldwide, not just America, worldwide. Their financial fortunes have completely reversed and changed. They're doing great financially now on the back of the PlayStation 4 sales. Yeah, I mean... So, for me, it feels like they've been neglectful of PSN and haven't taken the money that they're making and reinvested I mean, it back into where they should be. It's infrastructure, so I think it will take time. But I think, yeah, no, I think this is kind of a no-brainer. And, you know, they got to aim for that, what is it, like the 99 point, is it three nines where it's like, 
three nines, if you do the math, is like eight hours of downtime a year, you yeah. know, or something like that. They need to go for that, like the three nines. Right. You know, um, they can have a couple service breaks, but yeah, I think as we enter this world where I know you said you have cable, but as you know, that's dying out and people are doing more to the internet stuff. You need something that's not a computer, but is a computer to well, interface Well, PlayStation with, View. To interface I mean, with your they TV. Are, they yeah. have that service. That's what it's, I'm saying, though. They have important. stuff like PlayStation and View, but they can't get PSN right. That's prioritizing. I also don't think PSN's quite as bad as some people are belly aching about it. I would disagree with that. But it goes down like every other day. I guess I just not, I'm not I'm not personally running into it that often. So I guess when I'm playing, all you got to do is look at a news. Oh yeah, no, I <laughs> look at the you, you go, blog. No, I know. You go on Gaff every day, and there's a new thread. Because it is down Gaff. every day. Yeah, I don't know how long it's down for. If it's like it's region different. Specific, some days but, it's yeah. an hour. Some yeah, days yeah. it's two hours. But no, it's definitely. I mean, but I do agree. Like you know, this is a no-brainer. We're on the same page. It's something they really need to fix. Yep. All right, time to move on. To Xbox One, and not a rosy story for the Xbox One either. Uh, just today it came out that Microsoft has decided it will not attend Tokyo Game Show this year. Earlier in the week, a story came out about the console market in China, and it is doing terrible. So, looking at things and looking at the Xbox One, it's completely I, you can't even. I don't even know what to say about it in Japan. I mean, there was one week where it sold 100 units in Japan. It's not doing well in China. PS4 is not doing well in China either, and we'll mm-hmm. get to that in a, in a second. Then you then you say, okay, well, what about Europe? Well, it's getting its butt kicked in Europe as well. It's so, always been Sony land over there, though. It always has been, and you know, traditionally Japan has always been Sony land. But that doesn't change the fact that Microsoft needs to be successful in these territories, and and so you know. And in America, where it was its its stronghold last generation, mm-hmm. it's getting its butt handed to it here as well in America. Right. Can do you think Microsoft will keep supporting the Xbox brand if it doesn't manage to become successful outside of the United States? Do you remember when they debuted the Xbox One and they didn't talk about games? Yeah, I think. Do you remember when Sony made the PSP Go? Yeah, I have I, a PSP Go. I think uh, you know sometimes people just do things a little too early. Like we, I was saying before, where the PlayStation Four is being set up as a game system, but now it can be your your gateway to yeah. internet entertainment, for lack of a, a direct word that means any of that stuff. TV two point um, I think you know they tried to do all this stuff. Obviously, the Connect no one even mentions anymore, and Hololens looks cool, but I mean, I, I don't know about the functionality of that thing. Um, I don't know if Microsoft would pull the plug. I know there's been talks with, uh, I forget his name, the guy who's the new Steve Ballmer. He's got a Southeast Asian. I don't name. remember his name either. But, but he's meant- mentioned. Like, there's been rumblings that they're no, going to try to sell the Xbox no, brand. No, no, his last big, like, missive that got, like, leaked was, like, you know, and like, we're going to continue to work on, like, the Xbox brand. It was on the things that we're going to be working on, which, you know, stock analysts can read that a million different ways, but... I just have to go with my gut, and it's like, I think, you know, they've put in a ton of money. They've put in three generations of hardware. I think they're going to stick it out. And it's, you know, it's not dire in the U.S. It's not good, but... No, it's definitely not dire. It's I not, mean, look, they're make, look they, it is selling better than the um, Xbox 360 did and, at the okay. same time of its lifespan in they, the U.S. They should have never even released in Japan. Personally, I agree with that. Uh, I mean, I've you, said that on this show. Like, you look at 10 you look times. at the uh, you look at the the 360 or the original Xbox. Original Xbox, they're like we're buying Shenmue 2. You know, I guess you could still play it on Dreamcast over there. But uh, Blue Dragon. No, uh, no, no. That's what I wanted to talk Blue about. Blue Dragon, is... Chopin's Revenge, or Trusty 
Bells or whatever that game oh, was. Oh, there's like, tons they, of... Look, they tried they, to cater. Oh, my God, did they try. They they basically, like... And it didn't work. Got, like, four or five exclusive Japanese RPGs just for the Xbox 360. Yeah. And it sold better than Xbox One, at least, but still nowhere near the numbers that they needed. I mean, honestly, if you were a JRPG fan... Xbox 360 was kind of the console to own last generation. Well, early on. I think it kind of evened out like later on. Well, a lot of the games that were originally released for Xbox 360 eventually ended up coming out for the PS3. Blue Dragon never did, though. It mm-hmm. stayed exclusive to Xbox 360 forever. But do you really want to play Blue Dragon? I guess you want to hear that sweet song. Well, you can but... see it right now. I mean, no. <laughs> I don't want to play Blue Dragon. Some good but there are a lot there. of people in, in Japan who may want to play Blue Dragon. Yeah. But, look, there was others, too. It wasn't just that game. Yeah, so. yeah. No, you're right. The the Chopin game was actually PS3. Um, but they shouldn't have gone to Japan. Like, I know they felt like Ever? they had to. Um, no, I think it was good for them to have tried. I mean, hindsight's, you know, 2020, as they say, so it's easy to be like, nope, they shouldn't have gone. But I think it probably made sense. I mean, they tried, you know. Um, they shouldn't have gone with the Xbox One after they saw how the Xbox... No, I agree a million percent. Um, The funny part is they still have shelf space in Japan game stores. I don't know how that is. They have to be in Europe, I feel like. Um, Because they do have, like, a puncher's chance in Europe. But... I mean, look, I, I think that, they, can, gonna, they, can, they can make money in Europe. Make they can't, they can't make money is coming Japan. up very soon. When Halo 5 comes out for Xbox One, that is going to be very telling in Europe. Because that is the one franchise that has traditionally done really well in Europe for Xbox Everything else has come out so far, eh, Halo's the big dog. And that's when you'll really see if they have a chance to really make any inroads in Europe or if they're just doomed. Well, we probably both know they're already doomed to second place in Europe, if they're lucky. But... Yeah, well, if the Wii U starts out selling the Xbox One in Europe, that would actually be interesting. That would be a big deal. But yeah, I mean, it's... They can make money in Europe. I don't know if they can make a lot of money, but I don't think, you know... We haven't really had, we haven't really had like you know a, a really sad like even the Wii U. We haven't really had like a really bad second player or third player since like the Saturn. You know yeah. the Sat I mean, in the U.S. anyway. Like right. the Saturn didn't even break like a million. I think it sold nine hundred thousand units in in the U.S. I mean, Genesis and SNES were great. No one owned a Master System. No, no one owned a Turbo Graphics. I mean, I know. They existed and stuff. Okay, that, that guy owned a Turbo Graphics. <laughs> those hu- those uh, the the cards look really cool. Yeah, yeah. they weren't. They were the only ones. Yeah, but you know, I, we're at a place where you can be in third place and you can eke out an existence, especially if you're Nintendo and you have a giant. Well, board, Nintendo turned a profit. Yeah, this yeah. Past year, somehow, some like, way, all those amiibos. They have like four. Uh, yeah, they have like fourteen <laughs> employees. You see the Skylander? That's also an amiibo. Yeah, I saw. They're gonna make so much money. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame that it's got to the place where Nintendo's relying on little. Inartic- inarticulate toys to turn a profit. Physical DLC. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. It's just instead of a code, you've got a little piece of plastic that holds your DLC on it. Which, But if you want to play the DLC and you can't find the plastic and you're shit out of luck. Yeah, yeah. You can't punch a code in and make it work. So, I mean, look, I disagree with you on the fact that if they're only successful in America, that Microsoft will continue to support the brand. Well, I don't do you think mean, that's true. What do you? Microsoft is a global company. Right. It knows better than anyone the... The opportunities that are out there. I think they can be profitable in Europe. That's what I'm saying. I guess that, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Like, yeah, I mean, it's how, how much how, are they spending on marketing? How big are their teams? Yeah, like I you mean, know. are they having massive flops where they're spending 200 million or, US on or, on marketing it, or, and then it or sells do you, you dredge 100, up the old, copies? Do you dredge up the old rumor where they buy EA 
and you know, then you can only play FIFA on your Xbox One, you know? Yeah. But you know what? EA stock a- today went to the highest ever. Yeah. And so I don't I, see I like anyone buying EA. <laughs> I like to think it's Star Wars uh, that's doing that. Oh, but. certainly. That's a big part. That's a big part. No, yeah. They've, sure. they've skyrocketed. They're like, they're up like $12 in the last like two months or something well, that's, like that. Well, Star Wars is a big part of it, but they've also been really smart with how they've handled mobile. They are one of the traditional video game publishers that have not stumbled mm-hmm. when trying to transition from that old console machine into the, the whole mobile thing. They've done it right. They've done it smart. Uh, they've picked the right brands and the right type of genres to work in the mobile space. Um, and they're getting rewarded for it now. I mean, most video game publisher stocks are in the toilet. So to see EA go off like that is pretty shocking. I know you and I both kind of follow game stocks or have for a while. Yeah. And so we both know that, like, finding a video game stock worth buying, even with the information that we have, is really hard. And all of our insider trading that yeah. goes on. <laughs> exactly. Where my suspenders. Yeah, and... yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't believe it. I think if if... Xbox oh, no, I don't One doesn't do better in Europe before it's all said and done. I would really start to wonder if they don't sell the brand or just shutter it all together. No, it will change. I mean, like I, I mean, I know our, some of our upcoming conversations are kind of around this, but like when people say this is the last console generation, I think they're half right and half wrong. I think whatever comes out next is going to be different in a lot of ways than we were expecting. You know, mm-hmm. and it's going to. I think the Xbox brand is probably going to stay. I mean, they're integrating it like into Windows 10 a ton, right. and Windows 10 is supposedly not entirely awful. Yeah. So we'll see about that as well. Excellent segue into our next topic, Ryan. Thank you. So another bit of news that came out this week, and also I, I want to say before we even talk about this, is that there's a site that you guys should all be checking out called Unseen64. The guy who runs the site, he has some worm that works at Nintendo. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like... He has a friend there that is just feeding uh-huh. him all this insider information. It always He always reports it. It comes out. People deny it, and it always ends up being true. Just this week, he reported a bunch of stuff on Metroid, about all the issues they had with developing Metroid. He, he, he wrote an ex, or did an expose on Project Hammer and all the internal conflict that Nintendo of Japan had with Nintendo of America in developing that game and how it was ultimately canceled. And one other thing that they've come out with this week is that the NX is not going to be as powerful as the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And so when you're talking about a system that comes out probably Q4 or next year, best case scenario, more likely scenario, sometime in 2017, that's a really, really, in my opinion, a bad idea, Ryan. Well, I mean, it's Nintendo, you know. The Wii was two uh, GameCubes taped together. So maybe this is going to be three GameCubes taped (laughs) together. Um, Or a Wii U and a Wii taped together. I don't think, you know, Nintendo has always had this idea, I think it's in some of their stock meetings, that they would be a three tentpole company. And they've never really ran on it. Like, um, I think the Virtual Boy, they eventually wrote off as a toy, you know, instead of being another thing. And uh, I think people sometimes forget that, you know, the Game Boy Advance and the DS overlapped. And yeah. then the DS was a huge success. And a lot of people were thinking that the DS was going to be its own thing and Game Boy, there'd be a newer version of the Game Boy that was going to be kind of its third, third stance. Um, I know a lot of people are talking about the NX being a streaming device. I'm curious because even with, you know, 
despite Nintendo, like I said, Nintendo's big war chest, they are not a conglomerate. They are, you know, they make video games and maybe they still make Hanafuda cards. I, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, they, they can't do the network operations at a level of a Microsoft or a Sony. Um, though I, even yet, Sony, even Sony. But, you know... It's trying to support two platforms at once and sometimes well, well, three. But I'm talking about when it comes to streaming because obviously yeah, yeah. we saw OnLive died. Um, what is the thing called? PlayStation Now? now yeah. I mean, I haven't used it. Um, uh... Which was Genkai? Gaikai? I can't even remember. Gaikai, yeah. yeah. the Dave Perry thing. Yep. Um, but what I do think of, and I, this is a huge stretch, this is not me claiming anything, but I think about the crazy zero latency between the gamepad and your TV with yeah. that stuff. That they worked, uh, according to which them, is, them, very hard on. Which is insane. Like, it's so good. It like, is, I mean, yeah. I don't play my Wii U that often, but it is crazy when you try to check that stuff out. And yeah, when you walk 30 feet away, it dies or whatever. But I'm curious if they are working on something. Obviously, Amazon's in the game department now. Obviously, Amazon is like, their their cloud service is insane. Like, people don't even... They have a guy who lives on his own yacht, and he goes around the world and sets up new cloud centers for Amazon. Not a bad bad gig. You're not allowed to interview (laughs) him. You're only allowed to know about him. Right, right. Um, So, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there maybe is weird stuff going on and the NX is some sort of streaming thing. Or, you know, maybe it is three GameCubes taped together, but, you know, it does HD. Guess what? The PS4 and the Xbox One, at least at this point, aren't that crazy compared to their predecessors, you know? Well, look, they're not so, crazy, but that's what I'm saying. is like they're not that crazy compared to their, their predecessors, but the truth of the matter is it's for them to make the leap that they did make it took a lot. I mean, we're getting to the law of diminishing returns. Exactly. Where you so, have to spend a crap ton of money to get minimal results. But if you can, ex- if you think of the Wii U as HD already, right? Like, I know it doesn't have the RAM, it doesn't have the processor, definitely doesn't have the hard drive space. Yeah. But you add on to that, the diminishing returns, you can maybe spend, it's like when you buy top-end computer gear, and then on Newegg, it's next, like two months later on Newegg, it's like 40% cheaper. Yeah. Um, you know, in PS4 and Xbox One, they commit to these hardware builds that are expensive when they come out, and then over time they get cheaper. And you know, it's the—they're not losing money selling the the Razer anymore. You know, at a certain point, this starts becoming a break-even, and then profit on the hardware. Hopefully, I don't think it's doom and gloom. Like maybe old me would have thought that like ten years but, ago. But there's a whole other angle that we haven't started talking about yet, and that is software support for your platform. Oh, so, third party. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at the Wii U. Because uh, well, basically what we're looking at right now with the NX is a complete replication of what happened with the Wii U. And this, that's best case scenario, because mm-hmm. you could probably argue that the Wii U is at least as powerful as the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3, maybe even a little more powerful. Some of the early third-party stuff, when it had third-party games, actually looked better on Wii U than they did on the other platforms, with the exception of the first-party stuff for those other platforms. So here we are getting ready for Nintendo's next console, and it's looking to do the same thing, where it is hoping to produce a console that's as powerful as the prior generation. And we've already seen this movie, and that movie was... Ultimately, six months of third-party support for the platform before everybody bailed. Right. And you cannot, Nintendo cannot, nobody can survive, have a console survive and be successful if the first party is the only party making well, games for it. I mean, the joke is you could look at the GameCube and uh, 
GameStop had crazy third-party support. I know, but it's the, the game's never sold very well. That's but publishers yeah, supported yeah. it for a now, long time. Now they're bailing because they're just they can't make. They're their smart. Money. No, they're bailing now because they they're smart. Well, they, they figured it out. Like it took them way too long to figure it out. They probably should have figured it out with the N64. They can't make, they can't make the money. They can't know? make any money. Yeah. And they know that. And but, so, but, you know, we are seeing Skylanders come out. We are seeing these partnerships come out for the Wii Kids games, family games. But, uh, Those are the only games you're going to see but, from third parties. But what I will say is if you look at Nintendo's track record where, you know, not to break things into trilogies, but you kind of look at, you know, NES, Super Nintendo, N64, and then you get the GameCube. GameCube's kind of... N64 obviously lost to PlayStation, but, you know, again, it was... Uh, a very nice second place. Look, it still sold 28 million in a time when consoles selling 28 million and, and, was pretty much unheard of. So. But now you look at uh, so then there's the GameCube as this kind of transition period. You know, we're we're like they got full to like 3D. 19 we're, or 20, we're, we're going to discs. You have the Wii with Waggle. Practically nothing has motion controls anymore, right? Yeah. Um, the Wii has Waggle. Wii U comes out gamepad. I think the NX is going to have a huge gimmick or novelty, however you want to describe it. And that's what we're trying to guess at now. Miyamoto Obviously, says he's not working on it, on the hardware. That's why I think maybe the streaming rumor... Or I don't even think it's a rumor. I think it's just speculation. Like It, it has some weight for me, anyway. Um, but I, I don't I think want, it's... I want I don't physical think it's, Nintendo games. I don't think it's going to be... A str- I don't want a streaming... Uh, yeah, no, me as well. I, I just don't know if it's going to be like... Um, I don't know if it's going to be a typical console. Like Even m- maybe more atypical than what the gamepad was. But it's still, if it doesn't have third-party support, it's never going to survive. It's going to be in the same position of, oh yeah, here's like our last round of games from, here's the last Assassin's Creed we made, here's the last Batman we made, here's the last Call of Duty we made, and we'll shove it on there, and then we'll never make another game for that system ever again. If you take away the costs of uh, producing, pressing the discs, Driving them to the distribution centers, printing the boxes and everything. I know. I mean, I know. Well, Ubisoft came out today and kind of laid out why downloadable games cost as much as retail games. Right, but I'm just there's saying there's other hidden but, costs but, but, involved with but, it. So they don't save that much money. By no, there's not bandwidth the and games. stuff like that. But I'm just. But there is. Um, I don't know. I still see like having units sitting on a shelf is more real lost money than porting a game and letting people download it. So it could be a way to kind of rekindle some third-party support. You're saying I'm, third parties downloadable instead of physical. Or streamed. Yeah. I mean, assuming if there are no physical games to buy for the system. You know, the streaming idea... Honestly, I hadn't even heard that. I'd never heard that rumor Oh, I've heard it come whatever. up a couple times. Um, I, the rumor I keep hearing or the, the speculation is it's like a handheld you can take out with you. You come home, you dock it, and play it on your TV. That seems to be the most... Well, I mean, in all popular. honesty, that's, I think the future of computing is you're going to have a wireless keyboard, a wireless printer, you're going to have your phone or your tablet or something in between, and let's say you're a kid and you have to go write your paper, you go home, you press the button that syncs your video to your TV, you open up Microsoft Word, you're, I mean, unless you're like a developer in some way or, you know... I'm, I mean, Most people even, don't need. You could even machines, put like. Yeah. You could even put like. There's already like a touch version of Photoshop. But I mean, yeah. I really think computers are probably gonna. Not all computers. I don't want to be one of those guys. But like, I think computers are gonna disappear a lot quicker than people may think. And it is really gonna be like. It's gonna be the TV is gonna stay, even though cable's well, gonna it's like, die. Look, if it's we gonna can... be cable. It's gonna be. It's gonna be internet, TV, and your phone. 
Well, look, if we can stream a video game, why can't we stream Microsoft Word? Or why can't we stream Photoshop? Or any other program? Like, we, we kind of already do when you use Google Docs. Yeah. I mean, it's not as robust. Uh, I hate saying the word robust. It's not as, it's not, you know, it doesn't have as many things going on as Word. But for 99% of the time, it does what you need it to do. It does, yeah. And it costs $0. Yeah. So... I don't know. I'm of the opinion that if Nintendo cannot get third-party support back, it will never have another successful machine. And so maybe it's a chicken and an egg scenario where maybe Nintendo had already burned so many bridges with the GameCube and the N64 that third parties weren't going to really jump on with the Wii. So actually, if you think about the launch of the Wii... There was a hundred games. <laughs> there was, yeah. but it was all like shovelware, basically. No, like There was no, the one they Tony a, Hawk racing game. Yeah, there game. was Tony Hawk. There was like the Avatar game, which isn't which good, was crap. but it's not shovelware. That was shovelware. No, like yeah, shovelware is like 50 party game, 50 carnival game, Which games. made up... With 60% yeah, of the yeah. library. With like, you know, the Super Monkey Ball game at a bunch I mean, of mini honestly, games and stuff. But there was the Wii was a smash hit. It still like didn't have great third-party support. Like, I look at back at, like, right. the best third-party game for that was... Good God, I can't even think of one. There were, like, Mad World was good. Deadly Creatures. I mean, honestly, but that's the oh, type of... But Dennis, that's what I'm Dennis saying. Hopper, Those are the types... Like, Boom Blocks was probably my favorite third-party yeah, game good. for the Wii. Like... No More Heroes. No, there's some stuff, but yeah. Even then, when they were a but, success... I mean, one reason you buy a Nintendo system is to play Nintendo games. Yeah, and what a lot of people would argue is like, oh, the NX doesn't need to be powerful because with Nintendo's art style, it, they can get away with a lot lower-powered machines. And look, I agree, like Super Mario 3D World, it looks gorgeous. It doesn't matter how many polygons it's pushing. Like, it still has a good lighting engine. Yeah. Mario Kart looks great. But I still... I would like to see... A Mario game on a kick-ass system. Like, I would like to have my mind blown by graphics like I was in Super I'm Mario 64. Did you see that Unreal Engine 4 Mario demo? Yeah. It's kind of weird. Well, yeah, it's weird because <laughs> I know it's those like, were all, like, placeholder, yeah, yeah. like, environments from the, the middleware or whatever. But as far as the fidelity is concerned, like... Well, it's all style guides, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, art is art, and the art for that didn't fit Mario, but I could see the potential of... Shoving that tech into the Mushroom Kingdom, you could have some freaking awesome. I mean, mind blowing. Like it's been a long time since I played a Mario game, and it blew me away the way Super Mario sixty four did, where it was just so far ahead of the well, curve. I mean, I would say, and, maybe and they have the opportunity here. They they could uh, learn from for, their past I, mistakes. Again, for me, I haven't been impressed with graphics since the opening to The Last of Us. Nothing. I mean, I've been like, oh, this is nice, but nothing has been like. Uh, wow. What about Uncharted 4? The demo that they just showed. Nope. Really? I think a lot of that you need stuff to look is, a little harder. A lot of that stuff <laughs> has to be like in front of me. Yeah. You, know, you need to look of, harder instead of watching demo. like an internet video. There is stuff going on in Uncharted 4 that No, it's cool, but I mean, you're looking at a, a technical way like relooking. I'm just saying being overwashed with wow. Like when like you said like the first time you see Mario, you just see it and you're like, yeah. "Wow." I think I just, Uncharted 4 does have that power though, man. I don't know, maybe I'm just getting a little more cynical. Just watch the mud. The mud in that game is like next level stuff. Mud, motor so, storm, final It delivers. sounds like you're more optimistic than me that they can be a success with, with an underpowered. Well, console. I'm just saying this isn't gloom and doom. I, I still think they have a huge hole to dig their way out of. But if look, if they ha- look, they weathered the storm with the Wii U, so to speak. They actually managed to turn a little bit of a profit last year. They still have lost their asses on R and D on that machine, and it has taken a little bit of a dent out of what people like to call their war chest. Look, you go through. 
And thank God they had the 3DS. Because if they, the 3DS wasn't a success, well, they would have been screwed. And it, that took a long time for it to be successful, too. And, and still, when you compare it to the GBA, it hasn't been as big a success. Or so, the original DS. And look, I don't think if they do have this two-pillar thing where they do have a handheld and a console, I don't think the next handheld will be as popular as the 3DS because... People have phones. Yeah. And it's just going to keep... That market's just going to keep shrinking and shrinking. And so... They're not going to be able to rely on their handheld to pull the card anymore. I, I don't know, man. To me, it needs to make a huge splash with this next machine, whatever it is. It needs to be uh, something that makes people go, wow. I don't think it's going to be that. But I still don't think it's gloom and doom, necessarily. Do you think they can I think just... Nintendo can do long... You, know, you watch Game of Thrones? Yeah. I think Nintendo can, like... They have, like, big... They have a lot of food. <laughs> you know, they know winter they is coming. They can survive the winter, yeah. Because they've had, like, many winters before. Like, the, yeah. the droughts on the GameCube and the N64 were ridiculous, you know? Like, we're going through the, the same end. thing right now with the Wii U. Yeah, I mean, the Wii U is, like, their most dire console ever. And from, Except right, for like, the right out of the Virtual game, Boy. Right out of the Virtual Boy. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 they don't have that many employees, they, That's a problem. They need to take that but, money and hire people. I mean, they can they can work on something. Is it going to be a big failure like the gamepad? And I am calling the... At this point, the gamepad is a failure. Oh, the Wii U is a the failure. Wii, yeah. yeah. It but, is a 100% uh, failure. I, I mean, I think we'll see the NX. I think it's going to be something kind of quirky. Who knows, really, right? I mean, it'll, it really is all speculation. I mean, even this rumor... And you know this Unseen64 guy? It's like, uh, what was his name? Crazy Buttocks... Yeah, the, yeah, from back in the day. Everything's right until they're wrong. Or Surfer, yeah, yeah. do you remember Surfer Girl? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, everything's right until they're wrong. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> this guy, I don't know. This guy, the proof is in the pudding ultimately with this guy. Well, like, we'll, this, we'll see. Yeah. Well, you can't be right 100% of the time. Nobody ever is. So we will see. All right, so that's going to do it for the big six for this week's episode. But we do have a trailer of the week. And this week, it is for Call of Duty... Black Ops 3 zombie mode. Ryan, it has Mr. Perlman. Ron Perlman? Ron Perlman. I loved him in Beauty and the Beast. And Jeff Goldblum. I saw Jeff Goldblum on my birthday. He plays jazz standards uh, at the Derby in uh, down, uh, like, Los Feliz Village. It's uh, pretty interesting. I wonder how relevant either of these two guys are to the millennials, the majority of which will be buying the next Call of Duty. But nonetheless, it looks really cool. Um, before we go to the trailer, though, uh, if you guys have any questions for us, ask them now. And uh, when we come back, from, we're actually going to switch things up a little bit this week because it's kind of hard for us to get the questions in at the end. So if you have any questions for us, ask them now in the chat, and we'll answer them when we come back from the trailer of the week before we go into our deep dive for the week. So here it is, the trailer for Black Ops 3 Zombies. Streets are it's a mad game, makes you stop and Your sins serve only as an invitation. An invitation to an evil beyond your imagination. You want to know what I think? I think we're being punished. I think all this is happening because we're bad people. Anyone interested in front row seats to their own death? I know who you are. I have seen each and every one of you are. Fight's over. You lost. You know what I am? I'm a fucking samurai killing machine. That's what I am. I don't even 
even have to get my hands dirty. Ah, it appears that the shield is quicker than the eye. Yes, I would like some candy. That's like taking candy from a baby without the baby. If it imbues me with power, then shoo, I will. Let's see what this flavor does for me. You guys are too slow, too dumb, and too dead. Oh, that's no good. What is, well, what is that? What on earth? You know what's fucking weird? I don't consider this shit weird anymore. What the hell is that? I just know this ain't gonna be a fair fight. You got my wife beat. She only has two faces. Now they're airborne. Come on, you flying shitheads. I'm ready for you. Surrender. <laughs> there you have it. Most of the people in the chat are not liking that, by the way. A lot of people are like, what the hell is this? I mean, it, it looks like the darkness. Remember that game that was based oh, on yeah, the yeah. comic? Yeah, I think the, you actually reviewed that for yeah, GT the, back in the, the day. Yeah, the Starbreeze game. Yeah. yeah. First one was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, sure is a Call of Duty Zombies Matt, trailer. what did you say? It was it combined Casablanca and what? Look, to me, it looks like Arkham Horror meets like Casablanca film noir stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, like, it like is I can see odd. why people would be put off by it, but it's I mean you gotta go crazy with this stuff now to like keep the interest. Yeah, otherwise I think people just don't well, care anymore. I always kind of thought like my my kind of personal definition of camp is like being really corny but really like owning it. Yeah, you know, and I always feel like that's one reason like camp succeeds some in some ways. You yeah. know, because it's like. It's being earnest yeah. at, the, at the same time. It's got to be with a, nink, a wink and a nod. I but said a nink. I never I really made up a word. I never really like those zombie modes. Uh, like them on in theory, but I don't my, know. Uh, all my relatives that play Call of Duty, that's all they play. Like really? they buy the game just to play the zombie mode, and they they maybe play like an hour of the campaign and jump into multiplayer and get their butts kicked, and then they go back to zombies. It's pretty odd. So I always play it with them. But co-op, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I do. Have a, I have a question for you, Ryan. Ooh. Did you see Dark Souls three? at E3, and if so, what did you think of it? Um, I did. I was able to weasel my way into a demonstration. Um, it looks it looks pretty safe. What they were showing was kind of... Uh, it was kind of mild, I guess is the way to put it. You know, they were like, hey, we're, we're having these new weapon techniques. And to me, it seemed like, well, weapons already had techniques, but maybe they had all the UI hidden. So, you know, that's the way you kind of cheat at these things, is they tell you stuff, but then you... You see how the game systems are really working, right? And you're like, oh, I've kind of figured something out there. Um, the world looks really... They said it is going to be kind of related back to the games lore-wise, but they wouldn't answer any direct question. Um, also, I forgot how awful group Q&As are. Yeah, they're oh rough, my, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, you anyway, fight for that time to get one question um, in. It looks good. It's running... Um, it's. I'm pretty sure it was running on a PC, I, I have to assume. Um, I think they said it was a PS4, but I don't always believe what they say. Uh, it looks really smooth. I mean, way smoother than Bloodborne was. Um, and, you know, it had uh, it did kind of a Resident Evil 4 thing where um, 
you kill a guy and like giant tentacles come out of him and he's like giant poopa cool kira arm and he's huge <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Um, and the world looked well designed. I mean, it, I think the the real thing for like the big Souls fans is that it's Miyazaki directing the game again. And they said they'd been working on it a while, but then it was like, wait, wasn't he also directing Bloodborne? And how split was his mind? How split was the focus? Yeah. Um, and it's coming out, I would say, relatively soon. Even with what I was joking about the Comic-Con thing, if it comes yeah. out next spring, I mean, from announcement to it happening is under a year, which I know is becoming more and more common, but still for like a... I mean, let's talk about Fallout 4 for four seconds. Really? Six months? Crazy. But... Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, <laughs> at this point, I'm actually kind of getting to the... Even though, I mean, I guess you can look at Lords of the Fall and it's kind of a in the same ballpark, even though it was, even though I read all the awful reviews, I went and bought it anyway, and I yeah. hated it. Yeah. Um, Everyone's trying to ape Dark Souls now at this point. There are but, tons of indie games, like side-scrolling indie games. Right, that but, are but, like, but, but, but games that are like, but like, remember when everything was a Doom clone? Yeah, and you yeah. could be like, oh, you shoot guns at monsters and walk through yeah, like quarters. Yeah, there clone. aren't too many actual, like people have stolen a lot of that uh, asynchronous multiplayer stuff and kind of yeah. sprinkled it around. I'm there's, just talking about games that make it balls-ass hard to beat one enemy. Like there's there, a lot of indie games coming out like that. Yeah, I mean, well, if you, I'm sure if you Google in quotes like Dark Souls of, the, the Dark Souls of, you'll get a ton of stuff. Um... I'm not saying I'm getting fatigued at this point. I'm just get, maybe getting less like overly hyped. I mean, we're not getting them. That's just. I mean, we're not human getting nature, them, but they're not know? even pumping them out like Assassin's Creeds or Call yeah. of Duties or anything like that. We're getting them like every other year, yeah. and then I, I guess Bloodborne kind of switched that up into it, kind of an every year thing. Um, and I'm definitely and I'm happy sure to, there'll be a Bloodborne too. I'm definitely happy to get it, but I think it's one of those things where sometimes, like, I still think Mario 64 is like one of the best 3D platformers and I think they took all of the great ideas because they were first to market and then yeah. people are like we have to do other ideas and it's like you know some of those basic really rote ideas like let's have an ice world right. you know let's have a lava let's world have a water world you can't yeah. go back to the well as many times or you can't do the, the stuff that's maybe the most obvious stuff sometimes is the best stuff it's you know? just like and with I, bands most bands their second album is the best they come out the first time their sound is unique you like it sorry. but it's a little rough yeah. and then by the second album they've got it all sorted out their songwriting is pretty much in the prime. They're young enough that they're still angry. They write great songs. Kind of the same thing with Well, games. then you put out your double album that's a concept about, you know, staring right, into the right. ocean. That last question was from Susudio, by the way. We'll answer Thank you. a couple more. Are you guys enjoying Rocket League? Ryan, I don't know if you've played it or not. I downloaded it. I haven't played it yet. I'm not... It, again, I'm gonna. I will play it, but I'm yeah. not the biggest competitive guy. But yeah. if it's fun, it's fun, right? Yeah, I don't. I actually don't want to answer that completely. That's from uh, Dogface Pig. I don't want to answer that completely because our review is of that is going up before our gaming valve of that is going up before the end of the weekend. I will say I am enjoying it. So yeah, it's it's fun, but I do have some issues with it, and you'll see that in our gaming valve. Uh, one more question from Co Cobrakai. Uh, with Xbox having more AAA exclusives this holiday season, how much do you think the tide will change in sales for the holiday months? And we'll just have a knock-on effect, knock effect into next year. And uh, I agree with that, by the way, 100%. Like, Xbox One undoubtedly has much better exclusives, console exclusives, for the Q4 this year. So Yeah, I mean, I think what's going to happen is people are going to buy a lot of Fallout 4 for whatever system they have. Yeah. And they'll buy a lot of Metal Gear, the Phantom Pain, for whatever system they have. And then Halo 5 will come out, and people will turn to their significant other and be like, can That's you, what I want for quiz. Can you give me an Xbox One? <laughs> or they'll or they'll break into their piggy banks. Yeah. Though let's look at 343 and what See, happened. I'll be with, honest with you. With I the Master not... Chief collection. And also let's talk for one Halo second 4. about the showing of Halo 5. Yeah. At but E3. let's also talk about Halo 4. I like Halo 4. I but... like it too. I mean, I reviewed it. I gave it a good score, but 
I don't think Halo is a game changer anymore. I don't think it's a property that convinces people to buy consoles anymore. Mm -hmm. I just don't. And I think if Bungie were still making the game, sure. But 343 has not proven really anything at this point for making a Halo game. It hasn't even proven that it can get netcode right. So... Yeah, and that was just bizarre like, to me. I still if, don't completely if, understand how people have messed up multiplayer so much. If, if Cobra Kai is asking, and now I finally figure out what his name is from, the Karate Kid. Oh, Karate Kid, yeah. <laughs> and if he is asking if we think that the exclusives are going to get people who maybe haven't bought a next-gen console to buy an Xbox One over a PlayStation 4, I say no way in hell. It, the, I, I still think you can shove marketing down people's throats and, you know, I'm still surprised to this day I know Haze, that awful game, it charted on the NPD the month it came out because it had a ton of marketing and some people will buy stuff. Yeah. The best thing is still your friend telling you, hey, this game's cool, check it, it out. If Halo 5 is a good game, if it is a good game and people buy it, it will sell some units. But I think that's why the PlayStation 4 is in the position it's in right now. It's because people have been saying all this time, you should get a PlayStation 4. Yeah. And um, in all honesty, they've been right. It's going to sell some units. Um, and I think, you know, at this point it's going to be year three Christmas or holiday season three, this may be the point, you know, and there's been price breaks and there's like, what was the latest deals? Like you can get it with the Gears of War now yeah. or something like that. It's packed in. The Gears of War remaster is yeah. packed in. Yeah. I, I love the idea of the pack-in. Yeah, you know? it's uh, great. It's like the old days yeah. are back again. It's even better when it's not a racing game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think it's gonna, this could be the year, you know, the economy's on a slight uptick as yeah. well. This could be the year when people are like, I'm going to get an Xbox One as well. and have two consoles instead yeah, of just you know, one. I, I think it could happen. Um, I think it probably will be a good year for Xbox. Um, I think they'll do really well in software. I mean, they, so they've, they've had good months. You know, I, honestly, at this point, I don't think Xbox One will ever catch PlayStation Four in America. I don't think it'll happen. The only thing, no, I would say that could possibly make it happen would be Minecraft Two exclusive to Xbox One. To me, that's the and it's high, it's hard to believe our industry has got to a place where. The only franchise I feel like has enough power to turn a console war is Minecraft. But you know, they'd still have it on. They they would never cut out Windows 10 from that equation, though. No. That's the thing. Well, so let, they, let, would, they would never look, shoehorn you enough into that. I would know, even or say. Bully you I enough. would even say if it came out for Xbox exclusively for Xbox One and PC, I still feel like it could turn the tide. But then it's a question of math. Microsoft says, well. How much is it going to help us make the Xbox One more successful versus us being able to sell this game again on all the other platforms that are out there? Yeah. So, I just I think right because it's still making kind of money on like mobile and you know Vita and every other platform yeah, it's that it's crazy. on and all the PlayStation platforms. So, I honestly think this this game's over as far as the console war is concerned. I think look if you have an Xbox One, you're fine. They're not going to stop making games for it. Third parties aren't going to stop making games for it. But I think if you're a person who like roots for your console yeah. to come in first, I think that that's over. I mean, can't you normally usually call it by like I know the Xbox 360 and the PS3 like year worldwide. Three. Year three, but, but even by like that's like you can see the writing starting to, to crystallize on the wall. Even I think after it gets to a certain year. point where there's a, a big enough gap. That I guess there was one head product start. or game yeah. cannot turn the tide, and I think that we have got to that place now where it would take. Something like a Minecraft right. 2 to be able to turn. Though, I mean, last generation was interesting because we obviously had the its day in the sun. And then it faded fast. Yeah. It had no third-party support. But, you know, like, there's those, you know... <laughs> because it was people making... Are still, people are still buying Mario Kart and New Super Mario Brothers. That is again. something we forgot to mention was how when Nintendo uses gimmicks on its hardware, it alienates third parties even further because mm-hmm. they have to then build special versions of their games for that hardware. So, anyway, let's not go back to that topic 
And let's see, one more question. No, probably not. I think we're out of time. We should move on to the, oh, yeah. yeah. Can, All I right, hear the, can I hear the bell? <laughs> there it is. That's, that's my favorite part. I like that one better. <laughs> All right, so it's time to move on to the deep dive for Game Face episode 17, and that is Notch. <laughs> Notch this week, I think, made some comments that he'll probably end up living to regret. No, he won't. He's got billions of dollars. He doesn't care. Money isn't everything. And that's one thing PewDiePie said in his sort of rebuttal video is that he's found is that his happiness has not increased one iota since he made all the money. And, uh, you know, I think I wouldn't say that 100% because there are people out there struggling just to pay their rent and pay their bills. And so, you know, when people say money doesn't bring you happiness, well... It may not bring you happiness, but it can sure as hell make you go to sleep easier at night. This material comfort is yeah. very close to happiness. Yeah. So well, There's also the old adage that uh, everybody wants to be rich and famous, but it's better just to be rich. Yeah. I mean, that old adage is what rich people throw out there to make themselves feel better. Money doesn't bring you happiness. It may not make you happy, but it sure can keep you from being sad a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, what happened this week was Notch was basically replied to a tweet to George Brassard. Is that is that how you pronounce his name? From Sounds 3D right Realms? Yeah. 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 So he ba- George Brassard basically tweeted something out about free-to-play, and then Notch replied to him saying, free-to-play games should be illegal. Ryan, is this sour grapes? And why would he even have sour grapes? And then actually the Twitter exchange no, got I think really dirty and he started like, this is the he thing. said, I'm going to unfollow you and you should know better than this, George. And he started unfollow. acting like a five-year-old. Um, this is one of the things I think that happens on the internet. There's that classic kind of Penny Arcade comic where it's like being on the internet and being anonymous equals being a huge asshole, you know? Yeah. internet dickwad theory. Yeah, um, <laughs> classic strip. Yeah. Um, and I feel like even when you're not anonymous, I feel like... I feel like the internet has is so run by opinions, like all the content and media and stuff, that people have, have become like polemic or opinionated on things. Where I'm not saying they don't have an opinion, but we're like, here's my opinion: most free-to-play games really suck ass. But once you say something like this, when he typed, but that, don't you expect when he typed that, did, more? did he literally mean illegal? I don't. This, I, I think I, he did. I don't yes. think he believed it until people started fighting with him, you know, and then it became a thing. I mean, did you look at the exchange? Yeah, I did. I don't know, man. This is this is <laughs> my again. This is my. I take. don't think he was messing around. No, bro. no. I think mean, he he calls out things like addiction and pot. Yeah, uh, yeah. He compared it drugs. to like heroin addicts. But here's the thing: like, we have Las Vegas. Weed is getting legalized. I don't know. There's there's definitely. Uh, what's what what do they call the people that buy everything? Whales, right? Yeah. Like, there's definitely people that kind of. Are, are, approach those people and then there's a ton of people that bellyache about free-to-play games and then they go play dota league of legends team fortress 2 and it's like there's this realm of nasty that i think people is what people don't like and they look at it and they don't think it's good and they don't think it's right like even on a more moral level or an ethical level and then you know people look at it like in a different way and they're like oh it's fine and then i think there's kind of this to make a blanket statement like all free-to-play games. And free-to-play does not mean free-to-play. It means microtransaction. Because there actually are a ton of games that are literally free. As right. in, the air I'm breathing is free. Right. You know? So, 
It's one of those things. I, uh, I think he was 100% serious. I think from the, from the get-go. Yes, and I think he was completely uninformed. I think he just has not played enough free-to-play games to realize that there are not just a couple like ones that handle it really well. Like At this point, almost all free-to-play games handle it very well because they've learned the lessons now. They've seen the stuff happen with the Plants vs. Zombies too. And no, they're still like... They've seen the still Backlash of, of Candy like, Crush saga and... But that's still making tons of money. Or what's that one where the, the actress models it? Game of Game of War. Or yeah, whatever? like you know, like I don't, know. I don't know. Like I didn't, I I I didn't even download um, Fallout Shelter when I found out it was free to play. I mean, to me, it's like a nope, not going to touch it. You really? Know? Yeah. It's just I know there's. So there's, you, we need to play more free to play games. No, I, I, no, I, Shelter is like a legit game. No, I, I realize, yeah. and I know I've read reviews and stuff. I, it's just it's they're time sinks too, and I just don't want to enter that time sink. That's my well, other. He's not issue. talking about time sink. We're, we're getting off on a tangent here. He's talking about the principle of a free to play game, and he tried to like insinuate something to George that like. Oh, like wink, wink. You know what I'm talking about? Like, there's some like well, they secret do, developer code. Well, like, they do oh. hire they do hire psychiatrists to make things. You know, psychiatrists usually try to help you break addictions. Blizzard has psychiatrists on staff that try to make things more addictive. Yeah. You know, so they are against you. It's like when people try to sue like um, fast food companies and stuff like that. It's a little outrageous, but there's there's a little truth to it. Is it illegal? No, there's no law against it. You know, I mean, it's it's when you get down to like the semantics and stuff like that. Is he is he wrong? No, he has an opinion. You know, he thinks like there's something here that's like nefarious, and I think he's he's right to a degree. There's some stuff. There should be maybe standards. There maybe should be regulation. What do you mean though by regulation? I don't know. I don't play this stuff enough, but there's definitely you know there's like the the, the kids who they steal their mom's cards and they they ring up like eight hundred dollars in like fake coins or something like that. You know, there's got to be like safeguards for that kind of crap. Meanwhile, there's Tens of thousands of kids stealing money out of their parents' wallets to go buy drugs or whatever else, or go buy yeah, a, that a is, new shirt or a baseball cap or new Jordans or whatever. It's like, yeah, you know. I mean, I'm just maybe that's not the best example. Free to play games for that does, isn't really fair. No, I'm again. I'm not saying they should be illegal, but I'm just saying maybe there is something. Maybe there is something there that should be looked at. I'm not. I'm not a regulator. I'm not a child psychologist. I'm not a psychologist, but I don't know. There is something there. It's the way like casinos too. They you know the. There's no clocks, you know, there's no windows. They have the ones that pay out near the door. So you think, of, you know, there's a lot of stuff getting at you. Should there be safeguards against that stuff? I don't know. It gets into kind of like mind police stuff. And I'm maybe not the most capitalistic person in the world, but maybe it is something that should be looked at. It's a, it's a brand new market. There's never been anything really like this that I, I, that I can any, think of. I don't of. see anything wrong with it. It's not like well, that's because it's not really like an individual thing. It's like when you kind of take in the whole, like maybe there's something going on. I don't know. I mean, maybe I've been lucky. I'd look, I did play Plants vs. Zombies 2 when it first came out, and everybody else was in an uproar about, oh, it's freemium. And I played the hell out of Plants vs. Zombies 2 for like yeah, yeah. I mean, days and never spent a dime. I've been playing League of Legends for years. I've never spent a dime. I played Heroes of the Storm. I never spent a dime. Yeah, yeah. World of Tank. Like, it, it just goes on and on. There's. Ama- there's tons of amazing games that you can play for as and long again, as you want to and, and I think, a penny. But there's also there's like the more, so there's, there's the more grimy games though. For I think. sure. Like but Bejeweled, look, you basically have to pay to get like a winning... But look, let's get back on topic, which is Notch. Candy Crush. And so for Notch to say this... For Notch to say League of Legends should be illegal or Team Fortress 2 mm-hmm. should be illegal or any of the other great games we've talked yeah, about. Yeah, I don't agree with that any of that. sucks, dude, because... I like those games, and there's millions of people who do like yeah, those no, games. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And if Notch 
had the power to make those games illegal, there would be hundreds of thousands of people camped outside his $30 million mansion like, ready to throw a rock through That's like window. a strongman argument because he doesn't. He has an opinion. There's a bunch of assholes around the world that would be like, there's people that like, not, I don't want look, this ethnic you group. You can't just say that like, random Twitter people are the same as Notch, dude. Notch is a huge figure. When he says stuff, he has fanboys. He has people that were trying to defend it. Not many, but he had people who well, were exa- still trying to defend it. But him. that's the point you just said. He does have a ton of fanboys. And he doesn't have that many people defending him because people at this point are smart. Are not are not, he's insane. Are, are not globbing <laughs> are they they're not globbing onto that. So I mean it's fine, you know, it's freedom of speech. You know, no, he's, look, not, he's look, not harassing anyone. I wouldn't, I'm not I saying he shouldn't I, be allowed to say what he no, wants. I know. It's just oh, like, yeah, yeah. But I'm you're just, always look. You you can always say what you want. Freedom of speech does not mean you won't but get in trouble and he's for not, saying what you the want. The question is, is it he means you can say what you yeah. want. Yeah, and I don't know. It's just to me, it, it's it seems like a little blow up. I don't know. I honestly don't believe he believes it as much as he types it up. That's just my opinion. He seemed awful aggro, and people get angry and they type stuff yeah, on the yeah, internet. Yeah, but what solidified it for me is that he's talking to what a lot of people consider to be like an industry luminary, like somebody who's been making games yeah. for like. Decades and decades, and you I mean, think he, he was... doesn't think he's that equal to that. Uh, what do you mean? You think the guy who made Minecraft doesn't think he's equal to George Broussard at this point? I think he thinks he's better than George Broussard, and he'd never talk to him that way. And I think that's disrespectful. I mean, there's to me, there is so much wrong with what Notch did in this instance, and not only that, to do it in public, and to I mean, he treated him like he was like a child. He's like, whoa, oh, and follow you, and it's like. How old are you, Notch? Like, he acted like an eight-year-old. The whole thing came off to me like he was acting like a juvenile yeah. child. I mean, have you watched any of the, doc- the Minecraft documentaries? Like, he's I not haven't. He's not always, you know, he's like a probably on the spectrum nerd guy, you know? And We when, all are. We're all nerds. George Broussard's yeah, a nerd. But, he's been making video no, no, games no, for but like I mean, like, years. Like, on the, okay. But, I mean, I don't know. To me, this is like not a big deal at all. It's some guy ran his mouth with an opinion and he ran with it. He ran the football and he got tackled, you know? Okay. My football analogy for the show. <laughs> I don't know if that worked out. You tried. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's Game Face, Episode 17. Hopefully, you guys were all drinking your favorite libations while you were watching the show. We probably should have cracked a beer. We got a fridge full out of, of your mini, the mini fridge? Out of our own mini fridge that is not the one for Call of Duty. Uh, we do want to thank all our, our viewers in Europe who have stayed up late to watch the show. We really appreciate it. You guys are true hardcore fans. And, of course, our fans all around the world. We love you all just the same. So, as always, thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. Game Face is up and out.